This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. You can stick it to the man and big tech. Join our FTL social mastodon at social.freetalklive.com. Welcome back to Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. All right, we've got many other things to discuss, so let's get into those, my friend. And for some of that, I think we need a theme. And you know what I want? I'm a little cold down here. You know, I put on my put on my uh, my scarf. So I think we need a little music. What are we gonna hear? But oh, it's too hot, too hot, lady. I gotta run for shelter. Gotta run for city. It's too hot, too hot, too hot, lady. Gotta cool this anger. What a mess we have made. So long ago, you were my love, oh my Oh, man, I tell you, that is some smooth stuff. Much smoother than the relationship between the Democrat National Committee and the state of New Hampshire. That's for darn sure. So let's get into it, my friends. When we're talking about climate, heat, all that stuff, well, this is definitely wrapped into it. Let's see how one German official who has been involved with trying to stop farmers from being able to handle their farms properly, has been involved with curtailing the energy supplies, all as part of a multi-year, long, long-running German attempt to try to make sure that those evil carbon emissions are cut to conform to the EU demands for 2050 and all this other nonsense. The... People involved with the German government who just turned the other way when Nord Stream Pipeline was blasted apart. The people involved with the German government who helped give weapons, tanks, ammunition to Ukraine. And, of course, also saw that they wanted to make sure there would be penalties for actually getting Russian oil. So instead, they had to buy the Russian oil after it was sold through third parties back to Germany for higher costs. The same government that started to cut down on the ability for coal plants to operate saw coal mines being shut down, which now they're thinking about reopening, and contemplated shutting down their nuclear plants. Yes, a person involved with that government in Germany is the Agricultural Commissioner. And here, Eva Vardlingerbrook. I don't know. It's uh, Eva's cool, though. I like Eva. Uh, she writes this breaking. We're live in Erlenbach, where Sim Ozdemir, the German Minister of Food and Agriculture. Well, that ought to give folks a little hint. Maybe that's not a good idea. Just got greeted by a fed up crowd of farmers and citizens telling him to piss off. <laughs> A dozen children on plastic tractors were shouting, for the farmers. So let's check it on out for 30 seconds of fine, fine fun. Oh, I have to reload this, it looks like. Hold on a second. Oh, no, it's going. Yes! Score. Okay, here we go. Check it out. Oh, I'm 
see it. Good stuff. Good stuff. I like that man on the street, you know, image stuff of these people who have all been somehow tainted uh, by this idea that they can tell people how to live their lives, command them and control them, increase their taxes and all these different types of things. And of course, it all plays into the whole climate change nonsense. And I want to show you a little something here that uh, I picked up and I think I've got it right. Yes, I've got it right here. Of course, we know that one of the big people who was involved in pushing this whole climate change canard and the uh, world control over energy, uh, turning cash into digital currency, which then they will attach certain uh, priorities on how you can spend the money, when you can spend spend the money, where you can spend the money, and, of course, making sure that uh, you can't use petrochemicals. They will be the controllers. One of them is, of course, Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum. And uh, we happen to see that the new Star Wars director was speaking yesterday. I showed a clip uh, from her of her from the Critical Drinker, and he showed the he showed the clip in his piece. And uh, it was this director speaking at a World Economic Forum about women taking control of Star Wars, which is just so exciting. Well, of movies in general, uh, which is great. Just you know, another wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, so obviously. The uh, the people who are involved with the World Economic Forum, uh, they they sort of reflect what I think is collectivism in every respect. Uh, just want to bring this up. One of the big things that I recall in reading 1984 as a teenager was the discomfort I felt, not only in the government claiming to control what you're going to do for work, where you're going to go you know, to, to eat the, your food, uh, how much food you're going to get, all that rationing stuff. But in addition to that, the, one of the key things that Orwell does is it's the invasion of the mind, right? And I, I, I realized the, the other day that I haven't really expressed it, and I don't think a lot of other people are really expressing that this is the, this is the extent of collectivism. It's not just that they want to take your property. It's not just that they want to control you either with fascism or outright seizure of your property or regulations that tell you certain things that are really government threats with the gun of government behind it all. But in addition to that, it's more than that. It's you can't think this way because it doesn't run with the collective. You can't close your door in a business to people you don't want in there. You can't call somebody male or female. You can't use a word to describe somebody that is a correct word, a singular pronoun. They have collectivized even the language that you are able to use. And in some cases, they've backed it up with statutes. So you had this ever-encroaching growth of collectivism through statutes, through the regulatory world, through the NGOs, the world government people, as they constantly use both government and media, pop media in particular, to try to push the actual mechanisms of government to then promote collectivism, take away choices, build up the people who will benefit from the collectivism, and further take away choices, whether it's through the banking industries, 
uh, through the banking and through the banks, through um, um, the pharmaceutical industries, through the healthcare industries, the health insurance industries, constant growth of collectivism and regulation, and then gaming the system becomes more fascist. But they've collectivized even the language, even the thoughts in your head. They want to collectivize. They want you to engage in self-censorship as they take over your property, they take over your land, and many people have fallen prey to this. And I think, of course, they often do this, the public often do this out of what they feel is the kindness of their heart. They engage in the aggression of collectivism because they think they're doing a good thing for the underdog. And this is exactly the mindset that they use, exactly the sort of propagandistic technique they've used all the time in cultural Marxism and even Karl Marx's original strain of Marxism and Rousseau before Marx, decades before Marx. It is property is bad. It shows differences, according to Rousseau. And he even said the first person who laid down a stake and said, this is mine was one of the first evildoers, you know, a person who promoted private property. In other words, it's perfectly fine to take somebody's property. That's what Rousseau is saying. It's an excuse for theft. And he says, the government will do it for the little guy. Karl Marx, same thing. Language, same thing. We'll take away your choices of language for the little guy. They've collectivized the language. Now, natural sources can can see see language evolve but a lot of this is driven by political sources and political means in order to generate a weapon that can be used against a political enemy they will pick the term and then will say you're misusing that term you're evil because it allows them to not engage in a debate it allows them to broad brush to uh, tar and feather the person they're debating and so as we see what's going on in Germany, we can see the results of this. And now things are starting to turn around because all of this rhetoric, all this language they've been using to try to curtail energy in places like Germany is seeing such a profound effect on the bottom line of the little guys trying to handle their private property that all of these attacks are finally reaching an apex for these people, and they're acting. And, of course, as we mentioned, one of the organizations that has really been pushing this since the, since the man established it, after he was an, uh, an apprentice to the uh, war criminal Henry Kissinger, was Klaus Schwab. That guy, of course. And we just happen to see Mr. Schwab with the grandfather of that man. This man being the father of the current king of England, Klaus Schwab, in his younger days, looking oh-so-70s dapper. Yes, indeed. Wash and wear there, Klaus. Way to go. And this is the man who said that if he comes back, he wants to be a virus so that he can exterminate at least a third of the population. And there is his grandson, whose mother likely was killed by forces connected with world government types and the royal family. So I thought that was interesting. And so now let's turn to the latest pieces of information 
that I want to give to you to remind you about what the Germans have been experiencing. I mentioned some of this yesterday, but I want to back up what I said. Here it is. Europe's skyrocketing energy prices cause industries to close. This is from January of 2022. Over the past 20 years, Europe closed its coal plants to embrace wind turbines. But that backfired in 2021 when wind energy decreased, resulting in less generation from the continent's wind turbines. With fewer coal plants to fall back on, Europe turned to generating electricity from natural gas, causing natural gas prices to skyrocket and forcing Europe into a greater reliance on Russian natural gas. The result was manufacturing and fertilizer plants that were forced to close, of course, because they need natural gas to create the nitrogen fertilizer. Some power supplies went out of bit suppliers went out of business. Carbon dioxide emissions increased for all the climate fearmonger cultists out there, and about 80 million Europeans are now living in energy poverty, up from 50 million in 2019. That was in 2022, and that is from the Institute for Energy Research. Now let's go to Business Insider. Germany's industrial machine is sputtering from August of 2022, with electricity costs up 600% and factory inflation at a 73-year high. Here's what's going on in Europe's largest economy. This is an analysis by Harry Robertson, Robertson, August 25th, 2022. The German economy, the largest in Europe, has a big industrial sector that is under huge pressure. Factory inflation hit its highest since records began in 1949 as electricity costs soared 600%. Germany's need for Russian energy, they say addiction, is helping to push it towards recession. No kidding. Just amazing. Consumer price inflation at that time went to 37.2% in the year to July, year-on-year inflation. The German economy stagnated in the second quarter of 2022, and many forecasters were expecting imminent recession. That is exactly what they got. That's one of the reasons why they have a new government there, but they're not really helping. Here's a little bit of what they expect from DW.com, what 24 brings for Germany. Energy price hikes, more skilled immigration, cannabis legislation. The new year will bring several changes that are likely to be felt across the country. Let's watch the next one. This is one of those little slide things. Schnitzel, the catering industry, sees price hikes as the value-added tax in restaurants and other catering establishments rises from 7 to the standard 19%. Standard. Oh, I see. So we're just putting it back to normal. How about you don't assume that you can take people's money? Because, of course, they have a massive def- deficit in Germany. Thank you, Andrew Merkel. Great job. The government is rolling back its reduction from 2020. They said that that was intended to help the industry recover after the COVID-19 so-called pandemic. You mean after the government lockdowns for a non-pandemic. In other words, more government fascism from the formerly fascist state of Germany. Oh, look at this. Energy price hikes. 
The CO2 levy for burning fossil fuels like oil or natural gas rises from 30 euros per ton to 45. This affects the prices of, you got it, diesel and gasoline at the pump. Caps on electricity and gas prices were terminated early at the end of 2023, following November's constitutional court ruling that tore a hole into the budget. The sales tax on natural gas heating is raised again from 7% to 19%. Travel. Air travel is likely to become more expensive in 2024 as the German government increases the ticket tax. All passenger aircraft taking off from German airports will be affected as a 50% increase is now on the cards and the road toll on German motorways, which previously applied only to vehicles with a total weight of 7.5 tons or more, will now be extended to trucks from 3.5 tons. Isn't that beautiful? How lovely. In the meantime, in the United States, Joe Biden and his administration, I didn't get to give you this one yesterday, drops nearly a billion dollars on green bus program that the inspector general warned was unfeasible. Yeah, they're investing your money, which is, you know, if you're if you're a thief and you just want to get away with it, I think all you have to do is tell the judge I was investing it for people. I'm from the government. I'm here to help. The Biden administration is dispersing nearly another billion dollars in federal grants for school districts nationwide to decarbonize their bus fleets. (laughs) Decarbonize their bus fleets. In other words, they're going to shut them off. That's how you decarbonize a bus fleet. The only way you decarbonize a bus fleet, stop using their lingo, Fox. The only way you decarbonize a bus fleet is by getting rid of the bus fleet because the buses have to get energy somehow. And to get that energy, it will require carbon so-called emissions. Man, the Environmental Protection, really constitutional, not really agency EPA, in a joint announcement with the White House, meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, said it had selected 67 applicants to receive approximately $965 million to purchase electric and low emission school buses. Uh, that's that's going to be great with all the kids on those buses. If they happen to go through floodwaters, it's going to be awesome. The funding means the agency has now awarded nearly $2 billion for thousands of new buses across hundreds of school districts under its clean school bus program. Clean. Are you very clean, aren't you? Are you not so clean, are you? Which was created in late 2021. It's alive. It's alive. Yeah. So are you thinking what I'm thinking? Like maybe five, 10 years from now, we're going to be hearing a lot of reports of kids stranded on school buses because the buses ran out of power. And they couldn't get to the charging stations, and the kids had to be offloaded in the snow. That's going to be fun. Mm-mm, Mom, this is swell. Couldn't get any better than this. Put that stupidity on a plate, Otto. You'll enjoy it more. Nah, couldn't get any better than this, Mom. Little Repo Man reference there. Oh, isn't that great? 
Well, I've got some more information for you. So let's turn first to the story that uh, the story which I referenced earlier about that very hip and happening dude. Who is that man? Well, I mentioned he happens to be the lone czar for the Department of Energy. So I'm going to go in here and uh, show you a couple things. We're going to get to this one in just a little while. Head Biden energy bureaucrat laughably claims U.S. has hit peak gas demand. I'll give you that one in a little while. That was my um, investigative piece. My investigative piece about, uh, yeah, you know, another one about Jennifer Granholm. She's just so cool. And uh, there's there's the picture of Jennifer, as uh, they would say, Jennifer Oh, Jenny. Oh, yes, indeed. Granny Granholm. She's so cool. But this is the one we're going to discuss first. Biden energy loan czar invested in struggling energy companies set to get $1.5 billion from the czar's office. Now, there's a little bit of a time split there, but uh, let me give you the info and let you know what's happening. I gave you a little thumbnail of this last night, so here's more. Perhaps inspired by his Department of Energy head, Jennifer Granholm, who pocketed almost $2 million in stock options given to her by an electric vehicle bus company that she helped get federal money, i.e. our tax cash, when she was governor of Michigan, and the company which filed for bankruptcy shortly after she got to sell her stock for almost $2 million. Yeah, perhaps inspired by his energy department head, a new report reveals that the Department of Energy's so-called energy loan czar is fast-tracking, as they call it, a perfidiously tainted loan from his office. Isn't that just special? Isn't it delightful? Perhaps you're feeling some vibes here, some warnings inspired by the fact that the unconstitutional Trump-endorsed Paycheck Protection Program of 2020 delivered $800 billion to mostly large corporations and won't see much of that money paid back. Or perhaps you're feeling the earthquake of disturbing vibes from so many founding fathers spinning in their graves over the very existence of both the DOE and its Romanesque czar. There's a lot more coming up with Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523. You 
USA News. I'm Ryan Daniels. A top international criminal court hearing arguments around claims that Israel's carrying out a genocide against Palestinians in its war with Hamas. U.S. officials Thursday reiterating the nation's stance with Israel, saying the claims have no merit. Genocide is one of the most heinous acts any entity or individual can commit, and such an allegation should only be made with the greatest of care. State Department spokesman Vedant Patel, South Africa is presenting its case against Israel before the global criminal court. Israel set to address the court today. U.S. and British forces are reportedly working together on military strikes against Houthi rebel targets in Yemen. U.S. government officials characterize these actions as retaliatory, saying this comes after months of attacks by the Iranian-backed militia on commercial shipping in the Red Sea. There are multiple locations included in U.S. and British target packages. This is USA News. I need help with my taxes. Where can I find free tax help? If you make $54,000 a year or less, you can participate in the IRS Volunteer Income Tax Assistance, VITA, or the Tax Counseling for the Elderly, TCE, programs. IRS-certified volunteers provide free basic tax prep for low- to moderate-income taxpayers. The TCE program is specifically for taxpayers age 60 and older. Go to irs.gov and enter Free Tax Prep in the search box to find a VITA or TCE site near you. Honorary Forest Ranger Betty White here, lending a hand to my dear friend Smokey Bear. Because for 75 years, he's only said, Only you can prevent wildfires. But there's a lot more to say. Like, if you park your car on tall, dry grass, the hot exhaust pipe can start a wildfire. So be careful out there. Go to SmokeyBear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. Appreciate what we do? Help us advertise, market, and promote for just $5 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome to Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. I'm Gardner Goldsmith, the creator of the Liberty Conspiracy, which can be seen and heard every Monday through Friday, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Rumble, Rockman, and on my Twitter slash X feed, that being at Gard Goldsmith. That's G-A-R-D Goldsmith. If you're interested in finding more information that I might be able to provide to you, then check out my substack, that being the Gardner Goldsmith substack, and you'll find that every Sunday we provide what's called the Sunday News Assembly. 
The news assembly contains at least 20 stories pertaining to liberty, plus contextual information that will help draw out of those breaking stories longer-term intellectual ammunition to help defend and expand the purview of freedom. Thanks so much for listening to this program here on Free Talk Live, which is also such a fantastic home for freedom. Perhaps you're feeling some vibes here, some warnings inspired by the fact that the unconstitutional Trump-endorsed Paycheck Protection Program of 2020 delivered $800 billion to mostly large corporations and won't see much of that money paid back. Or perhaps you're feeling the earthquake of disturbing vibes from so many founding fathers spinning in their graves over the very existence of both the DOE and its Romanesque czar. According to Alana Goodman, writing for the Washington Free Beacon, quote, Biden energy loan czar Jigar Shah was a major investor in a struggling green energy company that is in advanced talks to receive a $1.5 billion loan from his office. Yeah. Goodman notes that Shaw is the director of the DOE loan office and that the Constitution Insulting Office is ready to direct the cash to a so-called green climate cult coddled corporation called Plug Power. That would be the same Plug Power, which in 2019 received a generate capital loan of $100 million. And generate capital was founded by, you got it, Jigar Shah. Hey, 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 that's good. Yes, I think Pink Floyd's going to change some lyrics and say, have a Jigar. According to Goodman, Federal disclosure records indicate that Shaw sold his shares for gener- of Generate Capital prior to entering his Biden administration office. Okay, so the company he founded, Generate Capital, gave this other company plugs, not Joe Biden's hair plugs, this uh, plug company, Plug Power, a $100 million loan, and then Shaw left the company, Generate, that he founded, sold his shares, according to federal disclosure records, before entering the Biden administration office to get into a position to help out the corporation where he has no more direct ties but some of his friends at his old company that he helped found and some of his friends at Plug Power might benefit now from Mr. Shaw. Yes, indeed. According to Goodman, he uh, sold his shares, but I said there's a bit it's a bit more complicated than that. Indeed. She writes, Plug Power repaid the $100 million to generate at a 9% interest rate last December while it was in negotiations for the DOE funding with Shaw's office, according to corporate disclosure filings. The repayment was three years ahead of schedule at a time, get this, and this is the key, when that plugs power company 
was warning investors of its financial inviability. Perhaps we needn't feel guilty, I wrote, for seeing a possibly cozy relationship here, since the edge of bankruptcy plug power, could they have been making a reference to Joe Biden's surgically modified hairline, since plug power might have been able to move more freely to repay Shaw's old company, thanks to the fact that Shaw's new government office was fast-tracking it for a Biden DOE loan, even as Plug Power was warning people that it might be close to insolvency. In other words, that it might not be able to pay off the people who loaned it money. But some people are better than others, it seems. Some pigs are better than others. Goodman also notes that members of the legislative branch in D.C. are concerned about other Shaw dealings. In November, Senator John Barrasso, Republican of Wyoming, the top Republican on the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee, sent a letter to DOE questioning a $3 billion loan, you probably remember this one, to Sonova, a solar company that shares a board member with a private trade group founded by Shaw. The trade group Clean Tech Leaders Roundtable has also hosted paid events where loan-seeking companies can meet Shaw, the Washington Free Beacon reported in October. Such an intertwining of personal, political, and professional relationships is just like FDR really promoted. Sorry, that's not in the quote. Um, uh, Such... Uh, Such an intertwining of personal, political, and professional relationships raises further questions about the impartiality of loan approvals and the susceptibility of the process to undue political influence, wrote Barrasso. But much much like I mentioned, when we talk about our our friend, the senator from uh, New Jersey, there's a larger picture that I think people might want to look at to leave a preposition dangling. And I said this, I said, whether or not the loan process is, quote, prone to undue political influence as the politicians in D.C. might see it, it is, by definition, run by a political system. and is therefore completely under the sway of political influence. That's what it is. It's run by the polis. Jeez. Hey, I said, this is axiomatic. Whether the end result of the anti-constitutional taking of my neighbor's money sees it used to fund a cozy relationship between two politicians, bureaucrats, between politicians, bureaucrats, and corporate hacks, or the money's handed out willy-nilly at random, the initial taking is the prime offense and ought to be opposed. Ugly flourishes to the off-unquestioned tax thievery-slash-bureaucracy-run handout parade merely add some bright colors to the already ugly, inappropriate activity of government loans and other collectivist fascist favors. So we can see this and remember it well. Plug Power described Generate, that's his former corporation, as its long-standing partner 
in a 2020 press release. I said, we can see that, but we can also widen the perspective and see how corrupt every government handout truly is. Because each loan, grant, or favor that the politically powerful hand to anyone comes at our expense. They take our money. They take our opportunities to fund what we wish. Most of all, they show us utter contempt. They reveal their belief that they know better than we do how to spend our cash. Such are the pathological signs of the slave master, and the faster we recognize them and their fundamental fecund corruption, the faster we can prevent more of it from harming our progeny. Absolutely. I don't know who wrote that, but I agree with him. <laughs> I definitely agree with him. Now, I want to do something here real quick because I had to re, uh, uh, readjust the, um, the uh, show a little bit here. So want to just find one thing that I was rolling with, and I want to give this to you, about the uh, German uh, protests. But also, I want to mention here, you'll find that uh, the folks that redacted covered, uh, covered Lloyd Austin. Okay. Now, you might have heard, and this is, of course, going with the D.C. stuff. This is just a quick uh, uh, palate cleanser, because uh, I do want to stick a little bit more with the, the energy stuff. Um, and uh, their assumption that they know better than we do how to run our lives and how that has a bearing on Germany as well. Obviously, it does. You know, uh, it's this conceit, this arrogance, this hubris. But in addition to that, uh, I do think it's quite interesting. The double standard that is applied, uh, or at least people like Lloyd Austin appear to feel that they have. People in the Defense Department seem to feel that they have. Uh, you might have heard about how people were very upset and they want Lloyd Austin to step down because he went missing. He's the secretary of defense. They had to give a special OK for him to come back to Washington after he left Washington to go work at Raytheon. There's supposed to be this time period when you can't go to work for these giant corporations like a defense contractor and then become, you know, Things like the defense secretary, which is going to be dealing with the people that he just used to work with. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Lloyd Austin was given permission to become the defense secretary of this massive hegemonic on the offense, so-called call it defense government of the United States, handing out weapons and money and sending soldiers hither and thither. Right. OK, just like the money, they're raining soldiers all over the map. But Lloyd Austin disappeared for a week. And people are like, where is Lloyd Austin? Because, of course, everybody's, you know, so concerned about na American national security. They say, where's Lloyd Austin? What happened to Lloyd? He's not Steve Austin. He didn't go out on some test run and become bionic. Well, he was in the hospital. And what they have explained is that Steve, I mean, Lloyd, m worth much more than the $6 million man, I'm sure, uh, Austin went in for, they finally revealed it, cancer, prostate cancer treatment. Don't know if he got surgery. It was just some other sort of treatment. He had a complication. He had to stick around there. Okay. So a lot of people are saying, Hey, you know, okay. The guy had, the guy had surgery, got to lay off a little bit. Maybe he didn't have surgery, but he got therapy. We don't know, but he's, he's got prostate cancer. Okay. We get it. That's some tough stuff. But I do think that, uh, some of the double standard needs to be recognized here because, the military certainly wants to know all of your all of your medical all of your medical information as they 
you know, if, if you're in the military, they want to know. They have to know. They have to find out whether you are um, somehow, uh, you know, going to be a danger out there. If you're going to be deployed, uh, they want to know. They will collect that information. The military was also involved in developing the jabs, right? Somehow, they want your information if you're in the military because they say it's for safety and security reasons. But we, the people who are supposedly the ones they're servicing with all this great, wonderful defense as they send weapons to you know, cause people to die in other countries, because that evidently is their idea of defense, we can't know. I thought it was important to know the health of people in the military. But we're not supposed to know, as this guy's gone for a week. There is a double standard, clearly. They don't want you to know. You don't get to know. And if a company dealt with people that way, the company wouldn't be around very long. want to turn to Redacted now, go back to that energy point, and talk a little bit about Klaus Schwab and the central figures who are pushing what is going to be coming about privacy and energy. Here's a little more from Redacted. Names that we don't know because they're just citizens that are right. Uh, speaking yeah. about it. Well, okay. Speaking of citizens, could this globalist group rebuild trust by admitting that asking people not to use energy is asking them not to prosper? And that there is no future of climate change without affordable energy and asking people to live with less is not the answer. Will they do that? No, they will not. Uh, They're not going to do that. Instead, take a look at this. Transforming energy demand says that what can companies and governments do to enable economic growth with less energy? They want you not to have heat. They want you not to have any kind of transportation or energy to get you around it's basic the the message remains not i mean we've presented to you so many times so much research that shows that when an economy prospers then climate emissions go down impact on the environment goes down because technology will advance us to the point where we are no longer doing things that are harder on the earth we've presented you with research that shows that with prosperity comes a decline in in admissions and you need access to gas and energy in order to prosper. Those things are linearly connected, but they're pretending that it's not here, pretending that we can shrink the lives of nations and solve climate problems in that way. And it's false. It's a false narrative. We've seen that over and over and over again. Um, Instead, they want to focus not on reprogramming the agenda and creating prosperity for all. That is not a priority. Instead, they want to focus on reprogramming you. Take a look at this panel. They're calling it reskilling. This is a new word that we might see globalists use. Whatever you do for a job, you won't be able to do that as a job in the future if they have their way because they want a powerless you. Uh, so they're going to reskill the global workplace. Uh, you know, I mean, this could sort of make sense in terms of like, okay, you know, certain things used to be automated and now robots do that job. So we need to reskill this population or more cynical view might be 
we don't need farmers because we have Bill Gates mass produced factory food and you'll eat that instead. So we'll take those farmers and we will reskill them into district 12. Right. We will keep them. I saw people in the chat here saying like 15 minute cities. They don't want you to work, right? They want you to have a universal basic income. They want you to stay at home and they want to control you. Yeah. And they want you on their pharmaceuticals. They don't want you being entrepreneurial. They don't want you going out there and doing those things. So they will take away your livelihood and they will reskill you the way that they, they feel is necessary. Right. Again, world. I see this very Hunger Games. District 4 does textiles. District 5 does right. mining, right? District 12, that's how it reads to me. Again, that's me being cynical. You're free to present this in a, in a different way to me if you think I'm being overly cynical. Um, will they rebuild trust? Here's another, another, you know, pipe dream. By collaborating for peace, it does not seem like they want to do that either. In fact, here's a panel that is discussing a plan for a European army. Okay. Uh, here was Clayton when I screamed about this today. He goes, who runs that army? Ursula von der Leyen, president well, yeah. of the European Commission? Well, I specifically said, you know, which unelected leader is going to roll, you know, run the, the EU army, right? Because right. if you didn't vote for a war, you didn't vote for your leaders to participate in this war. So what unelected globalists are going to be in charge of the EU army? All right, let's pause it and let's go over because I've got the story prepared, everybody. Uh, let me show this to you on, i got to find my tab here. Here it is. Italian foreign minister calls for formation of EU army from Reuters. Gee, I wonder what they might be policing. Rome, the European Union should form its own combined army we saw this coming a long time ago, that could play a role in so-called peacekeeping. Get it? Again, the state will protect you. How? By forcing you to pay for an army. Oh, oh got it. I got it. Thank you. Can Because I know that when it doesn't, I don't feel pain when I hit myself. Okay, thank you. In an interview with Italian newspaper, oh, sorry. Uh, This is Italian Foreign Minister Antonio Tajani said this. In an interview with Italian newspaper La Stampa, Tajani said that closer European cooperation. Ah, I see. See, they're cooperating. So that just means everything's touchy-feely, fuzzy, nice. It's Fozzie Bear. Uh, Cooperation on defense was a priority for the Forza Italian party that he leads Quote, if we want to be peacekeepers in the world, we need a European military. No fighting in the war room. Look at this. Look at this thing. Look at this. If we want to be peacekeepers in the world, we need a European military. And this is a fundamental precondition to be able to have an effective European foreign policy. You said in an interview published on Sunday. Oh, okay. Wow. In a world with powerful players like the United States, China, India, Russia, with crises from the Middle East to the Indo-Pacific, Italian, German, French, or Slovenian citizens can only be protected by something that already exists, namely the European Union, he added. Uh, I I thought he was going to say Satan, but, you know. 
Maybe I've just been reading the Bible a little bit too much recently. European defense cooperation has risen up the political agenda. They've risen up that. I always love that term. They've risen up the political agenda. Where does that come from? Since Russia's full-scale invasion of Ukraine almost two years ago. However, efforts have been more focused on NATO expansion. I know. It's almost as if they already have their own army. Right? Anyway. And, of course, we know that Sweden's on track to become a member. And Norway is planning on making that splinter of Ukraine that will remain after they sue for peace because they're going to lose this war against Russia very soon. Uh, They'll make them some sort of NATO vassal state, and it'll become the Israel of the north. And uh, no one will be able to touch it. They'll create all sorts of conflict with the Russians and try to block Russian energy. And it'll become a new Cold War up there, which will just be awesome, right? Oh, yeah. You know, I think part of the problem that I see here is if you look at the formation of the EU, it was supposed to be a, a, a coalition of nation states that would tear down the trade barriers between the nation states and allow for travel between the nation states. And I actually, I actually knew a guy who was from the Institute for um, Economic Affairs, the IEA, which is over on Lord North Street in London, just around the corner from the Parliament Building, and um, and, and very close to the Adam Smith Center. And um, and I, I talked to him. He came over to the United States and started working with uh, the Institute for Humane Studies and stuff like that, and uh, and the Mercatus Institute in particular, um, but. He was telling me, he goes, you know, I was involved early on with trying to cobble together the the original idea for the EU. And he goes, you know, I didn't realize it was going to turn into this monster. Like, he goes, we just want a free trade. And it, and it became a regulatory state. And I was like, yeah, and they're going to they, they want a police force. He goes, yeah, they do. I was like, yeah, that's right. They want the world police. There you go. And as the new bomb Turks said, if we're going to be the police of the world, I want my donuts free. So... They're a great Ohio punk band. They're very cool. Little hardcore lefties, but, you know, they're great, great band. Uh, so this sort of idea of, well, you know, we were in, interested in free trade and it's a political agency. And all of a sudden, shocker, we're starting to regulate people and we're going to form an army to back up the regulations. Of course we are. And to move migrants places and make sure they're housed places and all those different types of things like what the U.N. has been doing in places like, oh, you know, Syria, Libya, moving people around, planting people with other governments in Ireland and the U.K. and the United States, doing all that stuff. It's just been great for those internationalists. Well, let's not forget that part of the problem comes, I think, in the mindset of even accepting the idea that the government has any role in so-called regulation. And so I want to turn to the video that they were able to produce for MRC TV from the video that I reshot yesterday. Uh, This is about that Amish farmer and the people who have been raising money to try to help him out. But also, as I often try to do, some of the longer-term lessons uh, from which we can uh, from uh, which we can derive from this story as we look at the Miller Organic Farm in Pennsylvania. We'll return with more Liberty Conspiracy on Free Talk Live. 
If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Every day we take steps to keep the people we love safe, but some health risks are easy to miss. Ticks hiding in the yard can spread germs, like the ones that cause Lyme disease. Mice searching for food can spread bacteria that makes us sick. Mosquitoes lay eggs in standing water and can spread West Nile virus and more. Cockroaches are drawn to water in the home, leaving behind allergens that can trigger asthma attacks. Common pests can threaten our health. Learn how to protect your family at PestWorld.org. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. 